Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit divine, we acknowledge your presence here. We ask again that you reveal and glorify Jesus. There's someone here, if you have a pain in a part of your body, that pain leaves now. I say go. When I say, I'm not guessing. That pain lives now. In Jesus' name. Father, we ask that you will illuminate our understanding again. Renew our minds and transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. You're blessed. Please kindly have your seat. Amen. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. All right, let's get into the word. Amen and amen. All right. We, we stopped at um, where we began to make, we're getting close to making the connection between um, understanding the corruption that was introduced into the mind and the body of man through Adam's transgression. Amen. We said, what is fasting? Fasting is what? Fasting with prayer is what? Moment of self and what? Moment of self and body pleasure. Body pleasure denier. Is that not so? So we can spend time in fellowship seeking the Lord for direction and for help. So, so let me say, fasting is a denier. I didn't hear you. You know what it means to deny something? It means to refuse to allow it have its way or say. That's a denier. If somebody is trying to enter your house and you don't want the person to enter your house, what do you do? You deny the person. And how do you deny? You prevent the person from coming in. Is that not true? So your prevention is also a denier. The person sought entry or wanted to enter but you said no. Is that not so? All right. We, we said that God is the source of pleasure. True or false? Yeah. A man was made as an object or a reflection of God's pleasure, which means also man was made to derive his sense of pleasure from who? From God and God alone. Man was created for God's pleasure. Revelations 4 verse 11. All right. But... 
not only was man created for that, man was also designed to derive his pleasure from who? From God. Psalm 16, 11 says, in his presence, there is what? Fullness of joy, and at his right hand, there are what? Pleasures evermore. Evermore means forever. So where is the source of pleasure? Everybody say his presence. Say his presence. I'm not hearing you. Where is pleasure? His presence. So God designed us to derive our source of pleasure, spirit, soul, and body from where? His presence. All right? So you need to understand that. But we said when Adam sinned, what happened? There was a nature that was resident in the human spirit. Remember the Bible says that if Adam sinned, he'll die. Is that not true? If you eat of the fruit, you die. And what was that death? The nature of man was changed. The image of God left, and man became united with another nature, a nature of sin and death. And we said that nature of sin and death began to corrupt the soul, the mind, the will, the emotion, and the body of man, which meant that the definition of pleasure was corrupted. Is that not true? Man's sense of pleasure was what? Corrupted. And what is the corruption of sin? Everybody says selfishness. I said everybody. Come on. Don't go selfish on me. Everybody say selfishness. What is the corruption of sin? I'm not hearing everybody. I'm not hearing everybody. There's a reason I wanted to do that because I'm going somewhere with this. What is the corruption of sin? Yeah. Selfishness. And what is selfishness? It is emphasizing self instead of God. Is that not true? Putting personal priority above divine priority. We were not created to be selfish. Because to be selfish is to be self-centered. Self-focused. And I told you this. Every act of selfishness is the origin of the crisis of man. When you are worried, what are you doing? Selfish. When you focus on you and your issue, that's selfishness. And there's no power in selfishness. But that's the deception Satan sold to humanity. When he said to Eve, did God say you should not eat of this? What was he tempting Eve? To, be, to shift our focus from God to ourselves. It is what you want. It, I mean, hey, listen. God knows if you eat of this tree, you will become like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. God says it will kill you. Satan said it will make you wiser. Have you noticed that that's what selfishness does? When we are selfish, we think we are smart. How can what God says will kill you, make you wise? Selfishness is the manifestation of the corruption of sin in the soul and body of man. When Adam fell, the mind was now being conditioned to be selfish and the body was being trained to be selfish. That's why before you and I got born again, we acquired the same training. Sin, to an extent, 
has taught every one of us here how to be selfish. That's why the day you got born again, your mind must be renewed. What did John 3.30 say? Put it on the screen. John 3.30, what did he say? You will see the migration that should be taking place in the life of a Christian. Because before we got saved, our mind has been trained to be selfish. Our body has been trained to be selfish, to be self-centered. Can we read it together? Don't go low on me now. Read it. Want to go? Who is he? Christ. Who is I? Selfish. The I there represents selfishness in the soul. Are you hearing me? Unfortunately, if when we are born again and we do not spend time with the word, reading the word, studying the word, hearing the word, doing God's word, the height of selfishness will be a full-blown adult in our life. Why? The knowledge of God will remain kindergarten. So you will notice that your Christianity will be very selfish. You will serve God the way you like. You will pray the way you like. You will read your Bible the way you like. Do you know that every time you struggle to read your Bible, it is selfishness that is trying to maintain its control over your life? He wants to tell you what to do, what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it. Selfishness doesn't want you to pray because prayer is not about selves. Prayer is about God. Anything not about God, selfishness in your soul will react. Have you noticed whenever you want to pray, everything starts, you start thinking about things you were not thinking about before you wanted to pray. Has that happened to you? You just remember that when you want to pray, you, you are supposed to send a text message. When you wanted to pray, you were supposed to call one person. When you wanted to pray, you were supposed to give instruction to the children. When you're supposed to pray, you're supposed to cook one thing. You're supposed to call your husband. All when you want to pray, all the, all the data that needs to stop you from praying so you can remain selfish will rise. It is the training in the mind. That's why the mind must be renewed with the knowledge of the truth. Because there are so many investments of lies in our mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. So, when we are born again, this is the equation. Christ must increase and I must decrease. What is the I? Selfishness. The, the conditioning of the mind, the training of the mind to be self-centered has to decrease. Otherwise, you will not be able to serve God as you should. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. This is very important. Glory be to God. Amen? I said amen. amen. We said selfishness is about lover of self and pleasure. This pleasure means selfish, educated, selfish-based pleasure. So the, remember, God gave all of us a pleasure machine. Are you hearing me? Say, I have the ability to experience pleasure. There are, there are pleasure PowerPoints in your body. They can be triggered by different factors. Your body has the ability to experience and exercise pleasure. Your soul has the same thing. Your spirit has the same thing. 
But when man sinned and the nature, the spirit of man became corrupted with sin, the pleasure machine in the mind, the soul, and the body became corrupted with selfishness. So pleasure was now being self-induced and applied. Anytime we do selfish, it is on the basis, I mean, anytime we do pleasure, it's on the basis of selfishness. Self-centeredness. Now, watch this. What did he say? But I keep my body. Is that not so? Under, I keep under my body. Yet the Bible is instructing us, we must control our body. Why? Because, hear me, your body is a pleasure machine. And whatever is dominant talking to your body will control your body. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. The word subjection means subdue, control. If I do not control my body, selfishness will control it. Selfishness is a mindset. It's a training in your soul. Have you noticed, some, everybody look at me. Have you noticed when you go through things, the pressure to be selfish is very high. Have you noticed that? It's a training in the mind. What do I mean by that? It's easy to be worried. It's easy to be depressed. It's easy to wallow in self-despair and pity. Hello? Have you noticed that? You start crying, crying. Whenever you are, you're, you're frustrated and you are depressed and you're worried, what are you doing? You are simply doing selfishness. Because when, you are, when you're worried, you are thinking about you, your issue, what you are going through, what is happening to you, how somebody is either maltreating you or mistreating you, as something that you expected to work didn't work the way you wanted it to work, and as a result of not wanting the way you want it to work, you feel depressed, you feel disappointed. It's all self, 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 and self. You spoke to your husband. He didn't reply you the way you wanted him to reply you. Now you are not happy. You are frustrated, and you are giving him the silent treatment. It's all self, 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 selfish. You went to the office, your boss did this or did that or said this or said that and it affected your ego and you didn't like the way it got across to you. You became withdrawn and you were not as committed and outgoing as you were. It's all self, 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 fish. Selfish. And, and that, do you know that selfishness is the lost that is in the soul? The word lost means to desire what is forbidden. That's the word lost. And selfishness is the lost of sin in the soul. It makes us desire what is forbidden. Why is something forbidden? It is forbidden because it's not part of your original design. You are not supposed to function that way. You are not supposed to operate that way. You're not supposed to think that way. You're not supposed to relate that way. But guess what? When you operate selfish, you open the door to lust. 
And selfishness, the foundation of selfishness is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's all. And hear me and hear me. If you do not control your body, whatever is talking to your body will control it. Your selfishness is talking to your body. That's why you don't pray when you are supposed to pray. That's why you don't read your Bible when you are supposed to read your Bible. Have you noticed anything that is selfish and self-centered just flows? How many of you notice what I mean? Have you noticed it just flows? Everybody say it flows. Answer me now. Come on. Say it flows. Do you notice there's a flow with selfishness? It just flows. You don't... It, why? Because your mind has been trained. But the moment you want to pray, it's as if a war starts in your mind. What is the war? All the thoughts that will not want you to pray will rise up. Why? Because you are making a choice to take control. And if you don't... Once you make your choice to take control, your body will react because of the training of selfishness that is there. So Paul said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become what? Everybody shout a castaway. Do you know what a castaway is? A castaway is something that is rejected. So can I say this? If you do not take charge, selfishness will make you end up being rejected. Selfishness will do what? It will make, when you are supposed to pray and you don't pray because you want to wallow in self-pity and complain and cry. Some people just find it easy to complain to people about their problem rather than pray to God about the problem. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed it? Joy, joy, joy. And give 10 minutes introduction of Christ. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Because you want self-pity. You want self-attention. <laughs> Why are you crying now? Make a cry small because it's in the pain. Me, <laughs> Oh, God. If you see what this John do me, John. Hey, my husband, I never believe in marriage. Go be like, hey, hey. It's okay now. Calm down. Don't, no, leave me. Make a cry small. This cry. Don't take my mind. Sister. Don't take God. We're crying. Make a cry. <laughs> hey, hey. Jesus. Don't call his name. If you want to do selfish, just do it and leave Jesus outside. Then by the time you finish all your selfish introduction, you now start. John this, John that, John this, John that, John this, John that. 10 minutes, 20 minutes. The same credit you don't have to call your fellow brother in church to find out why they didn't come to church. You will gossip it for 30 minutes. It's all. I mean, if you know selfish, it's expensive. You know it's expensive. It is costly to be selfish. You will blow money. That's why people who do affair, affair is not cheap. You will send a recharge card. You will do Kilimanjaro. You will uh, buy hair. You will buy perfume. It's expensive. They say, you're not able to do, they do, they tell you, you're not even doing anything self. Anytime I ask you, I mean, I gave her 100,000 last week. You say, but I, I, but I gave her 100,000. That's not last week, nah. 
Last week is seven days ago, Abby. Where they born you, where you they walk, you they see 100K. But it is the business you have decided to trade in, and you will pay for it. What you will not be able to give your wife, you'll be giving a side chick. Why? Because you're yielding to selfishness. You know the reason why many of us are not serving God the way we should serve God? It's because we are not controlling our body. And I'm going to show you what the devil, what the Bible warns us against. That if we do not take charge of our body, it will take charge of it. Because all these are the feed agent, martial feed agent. Lieutenant, right hand lieutenant, left hand lieutenant of selfishness. He walks through them. And if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. You will end up, the goal of selfishness will make you a castaway. A reject. Unapproved. Useless, worthless, no testimony. Born again, no testimony. Selfishness is just silencing your testimony. Let me show you. Go to Colossians chapter 3, everybody. Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1. Hallelujah. Hear me. To bring our body under control is to discipline it. We do this by allowing God's word to renew our mind and making choices that are based on the truth of God's word so we can keep our body in check. Tell your neighbor, say, check your body or it will check you. Hello? Say, say, say check your body or it will check you. Say it louder. Say, check your body or it will check you. Because your body has pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. When a man sleeps with a woman, it's a pleasurable experience. But if that pleasure is informed by selfishness, it will destroy the person. It goes sweet, oh. Hey, it goes sweet, but it will kill you. So all those shouts, all those demonic sweats, it will kill you. It will finish you. Because the thing is that the goal of selfishness is to give you a corrupt version of pleasure. So while you are getting carried away with the pleasure, you are not thinking of the destruction it is doing to you. Oh, you don't see one side chick. So you're, you don't sleep with your wife anymore. You don't fellowship with your wife anymore. You are always, all of a sudden, you have now become a very hardworking uh, employee. You're always working till 10 o'clock in the night. Meanwhile, you are branching your side chick. That six-month adventure, that original one, <laughs> it looks very exciting. It looks very, wow, you're having a life. It gets giving you all kinds of stuff that your wife cannot give you. And your mind is telling you, I'm having a ride of my life. But there's what the Bible calls the deceitfulness of sin. You don't see it. You don't get it. It's destroying you, boy. They switch you, but they kill you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's sweet, but it's killing you softly. But the deception will not make you realize the damage that is, being, that is doing to you. You are lapping it more. Usually when you want to borrow from your future to the present, you will compromise. You want, you want to do what adults are doing. You want to do what you are not ready for. You want to bring it and do it now. Uh -uh, you will compromise. And once you compromise, you may think you are having fun but it will destroy you. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So your body has pleasure. Your mind has pleasure. But if understanding does not direct your sense of body and mind pleasure, selfishness will take advantage of your ignorance and negligence and destroy you. Some of us, we have pleasure when we are stubborn. You know, th there's this stubborn behavior we have when we're being stubborn to our spouse or stubborn to something. We know how to maintain the stubbornness. Some of us, the stubbornness, we don't even know where to put break or put control. Just stubborn go. You're the stubborn. The, you're the go. Stubborn. When even wisdom tells you it's enough, he's saying, Allah, I go show him. In the name of Agoshuan, you go show yourself. That, that's a mind. You are not deriving pleasure from inflicting pain. That's demonic. Because if two of you are not talking and you are in crisis, that's demonic. Because the Bible says, when there is strife, there is all manner of evil works. So strife is satanic. And when he hits you, that means Satan is now in charge of the atmosphere in your home. They are not going to do. I know they do. You say, no. I remember one crisis, a couple that used to come to church have. And church had to intervene. They would tell them how to pay their rent and all that. But they had a misunderstanding, a quarrel. It wasn't bothered on immorality, no. no. But it was a difference of opinion and an issue. So, uh, I was there, mommy was there, I sat them down. After wasting, I call it waste, I thought I was doing something nice. After wasting my energy for almost one hour, talking, showing from the Bible why it is important to make peace, no matter what the issue is, I spoke to the woman. You know what the woman said? I will never forgive him. Eh? You foretell me before I start. So I'll just know that I will not talk. So you can just go and be enjoying your deceptive pleasure in your mind. Because that mentality is caused by selfishness. Refusing to let Jesus grow in your mind and you choosing to be the adult over Christ. Instead of you to forgive and make peace, you go hold your ground. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why some people don't change. They don't change. How can you be stubborn 10 years ago? 10 years later, you are stubborn. They're all the word of God they are hearing. What is, what is the use? What is the use? That if after 10 years of being born again, when you verse, it's like World War. What is the use? If you are going, let me, hear me, if you're going to serve God as you should, you need to learn how to control your body and to take charge of your mind. It's your response. God told us to do it. If God did not gave us the ability to do it, he wouldn't have told us to do it. And nobody can control your body for you. You are responsible for your body. Did you hear what I said? Say, I am responsible for my body. Just like nobody can make you happy, you are responsible for your happiness and your joy. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Colossians 3 verse 1. Are we there? Let me show you what the Bible says if we don't take charge of our body and take charge of our mind and control our thoughts. Satan has, the, 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 there are certain arsenals 
in selfishness that will come for your mind and your body. And I want to show you that. The wisdom to controlling your mind and bodies in where we're reading. Uh, Colossians 1. Look at what it says. If you then be risen with Christ, which we are, say I'm risen with Christ. What did he say you should do? What did he say you should do? You are not, some of you are not looking at the Bible. What did he say? If you be risen with Christ, what do you do? Seek those things which are above. Now, where, the, the, those things, what are they? Where are they? Those are the two questions. What are those things and where are those things? Do you understand what I mean by that? Those things which are above. Now, he now tells us where they are. Where are they? So th th those things are where? where? Where are those things that he asked us to see? The word seek, by the way, means desire. The things that God says we should desire, because you will always respond and follow what you desire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the word uh, seek, that means desire. Or be interested in. Okay? Now, the things he says, they are both... Where are those things located? Where Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. Let, let's rephrase that. That means those things we are to seek, they are where Christ is. Is that not so? Or we can also say that they are in Christ. Is that not true? Go to the next verse. I need everybody to follow this. Verse 2, what did he say? Set! First of all, he said desire... Be interested in it, then it now tells you what you need to do with your desire concerning those things that are in Christ. It says, set your affection. The word affection there means your mind. Set your mind on those things that you desire, all right? Not on things on earth. Why? Because the things on earth are controlled by selfishness. When your focus is on carnal things, you are going to yield to selfishness. If the things that interest you, if the things that excite you are carnal things, then you will not seek the things that are in Christ. If all the things that you ah, see the dress, oh, see, oh, see, ah, see how, see car, see. If that's your game, Satan will play you very well. He will beat you like drum and play you like football. If the things that make you sad and happy are stuff, physical stuff, physical, the presence or absence of things. That, that's what makes you excited. Then, brother and sister, where you are going is very far. It's very, very far. In fact, there's no end to the road. Right? Set your affection on those things above, not on things on the earth. Go to verse 3. What did he say next? For you are dead. I like that statement. What are you dead to? You are dead to the world. What does it mean to be dead to the world? That means in the eyes of God, everything that has to do with defining yourself by the system of the world, Christ dealt with it. So now that you're born again, you are dead to living by and being defined by the things of the world. The Bible did not say don't have. It says don't live by them. Don't love them. So if I own a thing, I'm not defined by it. Because I'm dead to it. If it defines me, that means I'm alive to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
I never said my life story. If how people treat you determines the presence or absence of your joy, it means you are alive to how people treat you. You're not dead to it. Because in Christ, we are dead to the world and the things of... Let me show you some. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Quickly, we'll come back. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Let me show you something Paul said. Which should be the same attitude all Christians should have. Galatians chapter 6. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Galatians chapter 6. Are we there? All right. Um, look at verse... Um, Verse 14 and 15. What did he say? Can we read it together, everybody? But God forbid that I should glory, save where? The word glory means to boast or to take as a reference. He said, God forbid that I should glory in any other thing except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the cross? It represents what Christ, who Christ is and what he did for us. So if you are making your reference, your boast on anything outside the cross, you're missing it. Why? What did he say? He says, true Christ by whom the world is what? Read it now. Come on, everybody. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I Unto the world. The word crucify means to be dead. Fame should not move you anymore. If, 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 if they were to give you one billion naira, it shouldn't change you. Did you hear what I said? Because if there are some of you, there's an amount of money they'll put in your hand now. As the money touches you, you will change. Because you're not dead to the world. All of a sudden, your shoulder will just be doing like this. You know, like this. You'll be going like this. The way you walk will just change. Because you're not dead to the world. We have Christians who are alive to the world and, and, and they're they are trying to serve. You can't serve Christ if you don't realize that the cross of Christ crucified you to the world. It's amazing you will see Christians jealousing unbelievers. My hero is Beyonce. That's what some people say. Christian, born again, tongue talking. Your hero is someone that is not saved. Why? Because I like her hair. I like the way she does her hair. I like her fashion sense. Then you don't understand the stakes. If she's not born again, she's not qualified to be a role model. You hear what I said? You can learn one or two things here and there, but it's not a role model. We're dead to the world. The problem is that we're trying to be alive to the world and be alive to Christ. It doesn't work like that. That's why we get into all this nonsense. Then the lines become blocked. We don't know what is black. We don't know what is white. We don't know what is right. We don't know what is wrong. Why? Because we're still trying to play the world inside church.
Can I tell you something? The word can never make you happy. What did I say? No matter the phone they give you, it's a corrupt version of phone. And if you, for any reason, ever think that there is something they have that you are missing, it means that, that you are not dead to the world. You're not seeing yourself as dead to the world. Have you ever seen a dead body before? You've seen a dead body, whether physically or in a movie. When a body is dead, if you slap the body, will it answer you? If you insult the body, will it answer you? Even if you talk to the body from now to tomorrow, will it, will it reply you? It won't reply you. Why? Because it's dead to you. Anything you say, anything you do, how you feel towards him, he doesn't care because it's dead to you. That's how we are to the world system. I don't miss the world. Why are we not serving God as we should? Because we're still alive to the world and the things of the world. We can't give it up for Christ. We can't. If something, if your obedience to God demands that you shut down one pleasure, you will react. No. You will not want to give it up. You still want to lay hold on it. Why are you struggling to read your Bible? Because something still wants to have the control and they say, it's not because there is no time. No, no, no. There is always time. But it's a matter of what you are dead to. Some of you still find fun with the world. You don't say it. But your best artist is Davido. It's Rema, Whiskey, Bonaboy. You don't say it, oh. You just check, nobody's coming, you all close the door. Put up for here, you start to rock it. And you start to twerk. Nobody's seeing you. It's your phone. You're still alive to the thing they see. You know what they say? It doesn't really matter per se. It's not that deep. It depends on how you see it. You don't know the stakes. You don't. That's why you are struggling with the frustration and the depression. You are trying to mix spirit and flesh together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go back to um, go back to, to Colossians. Colossians 3. 1, 9 verse 3. Is that not so? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You are dead for your life is where? Is hid. This is your new reality. Say, my new reality is Christ. Say it louder and one more time. Say, my new reality is Christ. That means Christ becomes your way of thinking. Christ becomes the object of your desire. And Christ becomes your wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's your new reality. Is it for your life is hid with Christ in God? Go to the next verse, everybody. Are you there? When Christ, who is who? What is your life? I didn't hear everybody. What is your life? Everybody scream it. What is my life? What is my life? Go to four people and say your life is Christ. Leave your seat. Leave your seat. Go to four people. Go to at least four people. At least four. That's the instruction. 
Say your life is Christ. Hallelujah. Say my life is Christ. Say for me to live is Christ. Say for me to live is Christ. That means you live for Christ. What, what, what does it mean that Christ is your life? Everybody, um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 quickly. What does it mean Christ is your life? Everybody, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What does it mean Christ is your life? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Are we there? Are we there? That means not everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 13. Are we there? We're going to read verse 13 to verse um, 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. What does it, let's do it together. Are we there? Everybody want to go. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. I mean everybody read. Want to go. Go to verse 14, everybody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For the love of Christ does what? What does constrain mean? It means controls. It means controls us. Supervises us. All right, continue. Because everybody? Everybody, come on. Yeah. Read it again. That if one, if one, read it again. One more time. Who is the one that died? Christ. Is that not so? That because he died for all, we were all dead as a result. Now, what does it mean? You see a colon there. Go to the next verse. He now explains what it means. What did he say? I want to go. Go back again. Read again. Read it one more time again, everybody. So, so when he says, for you are dead and your life is Christ, it means, for he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live what? Read it again, everybody, one more time. What, what does it mean not to live unto yourself? It means not to live life according to your own desire. What you, what you like, what you want, what you are interested in. What are you supposed to live like? Want to go, but unto everybody, unto so to be dead in Christ is to live for Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
What does it mean to be dead in Christ? To live, Christ. To live for him. When he says you are dead to the world and your life is not Christ, it means you are to live for Christ. That's the reason you are dead to the world. You're not dead to the world to live for yourself. You are dead to the world to live for who? For Christ. Go back to uh, Colossians 3. Let's go to verse 4. We're now in verse 4. In order for us to live for Christ, brothers and sisters, we need to control or keep our body under subjection. We need to take charge of our mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if you do not do that, you will make room for selfishness to prevent you from living for Christ or living unto Christ. Are we there? Verse 4. What did he say? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Why will you appear with him in glory? Because his life is your life. Did you hear what I said? I will appear with him in glory because his life, for as he is, so am I. Hallelujah. Go to verse 5. Now, the, let me introduce you to the arsenals of selfishness. If you do not take charge and control your body, if you don't control your body, and you don't take charge of your mind, this is what the Bible says. It says, mortify therefore. What does it mean to mortify? The word mortify, write it down. Let me explain it to you. The word mortify means to paralyze. Means to what? When something is paralyzed, what, what comes to your mind? Huh? No, no functioning or no activity or no motion. If somebody has a stroke, a partial stroke in a particular part of his body, what it means is that that part of the body that has that neural attack or demonic attack or stroke, it will paralyze his or her nerves in that section of our body. Is that not true? Then normal functioning of the body cannot take place. There will not be a disconnect between the brain and the nerves controlling that part of the body. If the brain says, move your hand, let me give you an example. Everybody, raise your right hand up. Do you know why you can raise your right hand up? Because when I gave you the instruction, your brain understands the instruction. Your brain automatically tells your right hand to go up. And you have nerves to obey your, your, your brain. That's why your hand went up. God forbid, if the person is paralyzed, if the brain says, lift up your right hand, even though it sends the message, the nerves to carry out that message are dead. Are you hearing me? So, even if it wishes the, the hand to go up, but because there's a disconnection between the nerves that should carry that function from the brain to that side of the body, there will be no activity or no response. So when the Bible says, mortify therefore your member, it's saying, paralyze your members to these things. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paralyze your members to these things so that even if they send a message to your brain, your body will refuse to respond. 
And what makes you mortify, you, 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 you need understanding to understand. Write this down. The way you mortify is through understanding and choice. How do you mortify? Through the word mortify means to deaden or paralyze. The way you paralyze your the word members means your body. Everybody say my body. The, 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 the Greek word for members there means body. The way you mortify your members, members means the parts, the different parts of your body. Your eyes, everybody say my eyes. Say that, say my eyes. Because you will always see. Tell your neighbor, say you will always see. There, there are even things that your eye is not looking for. Your eye will see it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When I came to this town, first time, I heard all kinds of story about uh, Port Harcourt. I entered a taxi one night. I think it was Rumo Krishi. I was going to that Rumo Krishi to where I was staying then. So, it was dark in the night. In the back of the car, I can't remember... I know I was one. Then there was a young lady that was sitting on my side. And I think there was somebody else. When I was a man, I think it was a man or so. Yes. As we were going, I thought it was a rat that was biting my leg. So I was like, what is this? It was a lady that was sitting close to me that was using her hand to touch. I don't want to tell you what happened. Leave that story. I will leave it to your mind. Are you hearing me? Now, how you react will know whether you are paralyzed or you are still alive. Because if it was some guys, because you're a very fine girl. If it was some guys and a lady gives you that signal, that Satan smile will just enter your face and was fear. Hello, baby. You will not even say hello. Two of you will stop now. Go somewhere. If you do not use understanding and a quality choice to paralyze your members to selfishness, all these brothers and sisters and cousins of selfishness, they will take advantage of your body and they will turn you into a castaway. You hear what I said? Are you paying attention? Some of you, look at your neighbor, tap your neighbor, say, are you listening to your neighbor? If you feel like sleeping, just go back and stand so you don't miss the message. If, 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 uh, uh, listen, everybody look at me. If you notice some activities in your body that did not come from your understanding and your choice, then know that it is selfishness that has projected it on your body. Your job is to take charge before it gets out of control. Did you hear what I said? Yes, don't say, mm, it's okay. It's not the... That's why once I feel pain, my mouth will open. In the name of Jesus, I curse you to take leave from my body. You will not stay in this body. What am I doing? I'm applying understanding and choice. In the name of, get out. You don't pamper what wants to destroy you. Are you hearing me? Turn to your neighbor. Go back. Say, you don't pamper what will destroy you. Say, say that. Say, listen, any activity in your body that interferes with the word of God wants to destroy you. Did you hear what I said? I don't think you heard me. 
I said any activity in your body that does not allow you obey the word of God, you must react violently. If you don't kill it, it will kill you. It will do what? It will kill you. You don't talk. Look, listen. He said, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Your body is still in contact with the earth. Your body is still in contact with the temptations and the loss that are going on in this realm. If you don't take a position of truth in your heart with understanding and a quality choice, brothers and sisters, you will misbehave full time. Let me give you the, let, let me introduce you to the family member. Are you ready for this? All these are the family members of selfishness. What is the first one? Fornication. Fornication means sexual immorality. That means both adultery for married ones, then those who are not married, fornication, then sexual perversion, lesbianism, uh, 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 gay, and all, all those, whatever they call it. Incest, name all the sexual immorality, all of them together. They fall under fornication. If you don't control your body, one of the first ways selfishness will want to control you is through fornication. Your, say with me, say, my eye will see. Say it, now say it. Say it, say, my eye will see. Say it louder, say, my eye will see. The only way your eye will not see is if God put it here. But as long as it's here, you will see. You will see what you want to see, and you will see what you don't want to see. And nobody can close his eye walking on the street. You must open it. Because the eye is one of the gateway into the mind. So, selfishness has positioned all the trappings of immorality. To, and you know the funny thing? It's always a choice. It's always what? I didn't hear you. Say, say it's always a choice. It's not everything you see you need. You know everything. You always see. You will always see a fine man. You will always see a fine girl. And today, fashion has a lot of mix with exposure. You will see ladies with their breasts exposed. It happens. You also, for you women, you will see men that has hair. Those are you that like hair. That some of you like mustache. Very interesting people. There are women that like mustache. It, it tickles them. Some like goatee. When they say a man with goatee, they'll they just they lose it. It's strange, but it's true. What we hear as pastor is plenty. There are men, there are ladies, both married and unmarried. When they say a man that is chiseled, six, six, is it what do you call it? Six what? Six pack, thank you. When they say six pack, and the person like just arrange well, they lose it. You will see. You will always see a man that is more handsome than your husband. You will see. Taller than your husband. Your husband will be shorter than the man self. Say that my small husband. You will always see a man that is more handsome than your husband. You go see oh. You will see. And according to your nonsense thinking, you will always see a man that is better than your husband, which I call it nonsense thinking. Your head will tell you. 
And if you flip the role to you, who is the man, you will always see a woman that is finer than your wife. Because fine is relative. You always see a woman that carry than your wife. Then all those nonsense they project and show you in video and, and try to lie to your mind that, that, that sexuality is about the body, about wearing short skirt, going to do bum-bum job and breast job, and, and all kinds of sensuality that they keep flipping at you. If you don't have the guard of truth in your mind, those things will disarm you and will make your members susceptible to them. You now be looking for who you will touch. Somebody who you will romance. Because you are, you are a bachelor. Your destiny is still ahead of you. You have not gone anywhere. Nothing has even appeared in your life. You are still managing your self-contained where you are staying. That self-contained will not self-contain your head. You will not see, you will not see some one girl. And the girl will not just look like she's your savior. She completes me. You're not talking nonsense now. You're crazy now. You don't know. She completes me. She makes me feel complete. There's something about this girl. Every time I see her, I just get, you will not come to church again. You will not pray. You will not read your Bible. You'll be spending your small salary taking her to Italy and buying a recharge card for her. You will even borrow money from office and buy phone for a fool. You are going. What you don't know is that it's fornication that is dealing with you. It starts with your mind first. Messes your mind big time. After messing your mind, then your body will follow. All of a sudden, you have this obsession about touching a bumbo or touching a breast. You become crazy with it. And the movies you watch reinforces the nonsense in your head. And you're not looking for somebody to experiment on. It's called immorality. It's happening every day and it's destroying many people. Paralyze your members to it or else it will kill you. You become a castaway. You now become a Christian that is always starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. No spiritual progress at all. The next brother is uncleanness. That word unclean means to be impure. Impurity of thoughts. You can look at people and undress them with your mind. Why? Because you're not putting a guard over your thoughts. This applies to everybody married and unmarried. You don't bring your thoughts under control. And can I tell you that impurity doesn't only just involve in area of sexuality. To be worried is an impurity. It's impurity to be worried. It's corruption. Because when you are worried, you are entertaining impure thoughts. Any thought that doesn't agree with the word of God is unclean. And it will make your mind unclean and your life unclean. So whenever you're tempted to worry, reject it because it's trying to introduce uncleanness into your life. When you become unclean, you become blameful. You are not free. And uncleanness attracts spirits because they're unclean spirits. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? The next brother is what the Bible calls inordinate affection. One word. It's called inappropriate interest. What did I call it? Inordinate means something that is not helpful, something that you are not built for, and something that is not appropriate to you. That's inordinate. It's like having desires. You, you hear people talk today that, okay, if it's bad, why does it feel good? If, it's, if you say this thing is so bad, why, why does it feel really good? 
Okay, if you say affair is a bad thing, why is it that when we're doing it, we're enjoying it? You were not enjoying it. You were killing yourself. It's not that your, your pleasure engine was being activated with inordinate affection. That's all. So the pleasure you are having is not pleasure. It's pain. But, but you can't see it because your mind is deceived. Then the next one is evil concupiscence. The word evil means something that is harmful. Concupiscence simply means lust or forbidding desire. Did you notice everything begins is mental, 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 body, mental, mental, body, mental. Did you notice that? Did you notice it? Body, mental. Satan wants your mind to be occupied with selfish, selfish and self-based things. Next thing, covetousness. What is covetousness? It's called greed. That's the love of money syndrome. People who believe that will make it when they have enough money. And because of the love of money, they cannot serve God well. Their work controls their life. They have an unhealthy attitude to work. And they cannot draw the balance between work and God. So that greed comes in. It puts you ahead. It's more about what you want. You have this vision, not vision, it's ambition. There's a difference between vision and ambition. Ambition is your own making. Vision is God. You have this target, you want to achieve something, your mind is focused on it, and so you clear God by the way. And you put your mind on what you want to achieve, and you don't have time for God. Even by, the problem is that by the time you achieve it, you, you create another one again. When you achieve that one, you create another one. When you achieve that one, you create another one. And meanwhile, while you are busy pursuing it, you will limit and reduce God to the corner. It's called avarice. It's an unhealthy as a obsession for material gain. You've defined yourself by an image in your mind that you call success that has nothing to do with Christ. So that's what you're pursuing. These are, all, these are issues of the mind and the body. If you don't paralyze your body to these things, they will manifest selfishness in these areas because fornication is selfishness. Are you hearing me? Uncleanness is selfishness. Inordinate affection is selfishness. Evil concupiscence is selfishness. Covetousness, which is idolatry, is also selfishness. Because why the Bible says idolatry is putting your interest above God's interest. Let me say this. Are, are, you, are you learning anything? Yes, sir. Is, the, is the message very hot? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, go to verse 6. Go to verse 6. I'll stop in this in verse uh, 10. It says, now, if selfishness plays in our life, what will happen? For we sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. The goal of selfishness is to make you disobedient to the word. There's a wrath that is coming on children of disobedience in terms of unbelievers. But if you allow selfishness to run your life, you will become partakers of the wrath that is on the children of disobedience. It will, it will end up making you a castaway. Go to the next verse. What did he say next? In the which ye also worked some time when you lived in them. 
Because in Christ, you are dead to the world. You're not there anymore. But the enemy will want to reestablish connection through them from your mind. Go to the next verse. But now, everybody say now. Now, now that you're in Christ, what do you put off? Put off all this. Anger. Wrath. What do we say wrath is? Unmanaged and uncontrolled anger. Anger that has no control. That's wrath. Malice. Bad belly. Blasphemy. You can't tell the difference between holy and unholy. Filthy communications out of your mouth. Put it off. Stop it. Why? Because you're a new man in Christ. You, don't, you only talk Christ. You don't talk this nonsense. Go to the next verse. He says, uh, somebody laughed. <laughs> what did he say we should not do? Lie not. He's talking to Christians. So, so that means if you do not take charge, selfishness will make you lie. Christians, who they can't even say the truth. They will lie. And I've told you what lying is. Lying is not being economical with words. Lying is the intent to deceive. That's why it's called a lie. What is a lie? The mind to deceive. It's not being economical with words. It's the intent to deceive. That's why it's called a lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. See all those things we mentioned? They are, they are part and parcel of the old man. And when you became born again, you became dead. You don't have that nature anymore. You have a brand new nature in Christ. But those old things will want to reconnect with you through your mind. And the Bible says, put it off. Say, I'm a new man in Christ. Say, I'm born of God. Shout it. Say, I'm born of God. I'm a new, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm born of God. The Holy Ghost lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. I am an overcomer. You see the way some of you are talking. If you are talking like that, you won't go far. If you don't say with excitement the reality that you are and that you carry in Christ, selfishness will give you a language. You will find that you are more excited and vocal when you are complaining, when you are worried, when you are depressed, and when you have issues. That's where some people, when they talk, you see that they will just, their excitement will rise up, their energy will rise, their eyes will be shining because they've been trained to be more bold in that which is negative. Go to the next. He said, lie, well, go back, go back. Lie not one to another, seeing you've put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10, the final verse. What did he say? Can we read it together? And have put on... Hold on. Part of putting on the new man is constantly affirming or confessing or declaring who you are and what you have in Christ. Are you hearing me? That's part of putting on the new man. Because if you don't do that, you won't raise a guard of truth over your mind and over your life. And put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge 
after the image of him that created him. Whose image is that? Christ. For we are his workmanship created in who? In Christ Jesus unto every good work. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. I almost got to fasting, but I didn't get there. <laughs> but, but, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.